0: This is Clutch Fans. Oh, from the parking lot? The Rockets are going to Boston. How sweet it is! And by the way, shout out to the Clutch Fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans podcast. An open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards.
1: Houston Rockets unbeatable.
0: I'm ready to get on Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory, Dave Hardesty.
1: Welcome into the podcast. We have ourselves a series, folks. Uh, the Rockets have tied this thing up. At two games apiece, after a 112 to 108 game four win here at Toyota Center Monday night, and uh, this was just another thriller. Let's let's be honest. All these games in these in this series have been fantastic. Uh, I'm here, with my good friend M.K. Bauer. You can follow him on Twitter at Moise Penda. He writes for Field Level Media. Um, I, I always tell you guys how he's a great follow, and you gotta check him out. He's, he's um, always provides great insight on sports and, and movies and, and uh, pop culture, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, MK, this was uh, another great game, another thrilling game. Even though the Rockets
0: seemed to get control of it in the third where they, they built up a 17-point lead, they kind of held on for dear life at the end. It's kind of funny how those little things tend to help, right? Like, as well as they played that one stretch and got it up to 17, you're thinking, well, you know the Warriors going to make a run at some point. But that that's what the lead is for, it's to absorb that sort of run and give you the cushion necessary to kind of deal with those sort of stresses. I think the, the one thing that kind of gets to me watching these games unfold and and seeing how people kinda react to what Golden State does on occasion is that A, they've won three of the last four championships. They're really damn good. And and B and B it's the NBA. Like teams are gonna make runs. Like when you play that well for that stretch of time, typically there's gonna be some sort of course correction and you give a little bit of that back. And and I think Based on just the way this series has played out, Golden State being a plus one over the course of four games in terms of total points, they're evenly matched. And you and I have kind of been talking about this for a while now. They don't have the intimidation factor on the Rockets that they have on other teams. And in a roundabout way, James Harden mentioned that in the post-game press conference when someone asked him about just kind of how the series is kind of going back and forth, and he mentioned the Rockets have the players to go back at Golden State. It's like, when, you know, they kind of, they, they throw that punch against teams and have the Floria points, and Durant's doing what he does, and Clay and Steph are hitting threes, and other teams kind of curl up into a ball. The Rockets have the ability to answer that because they have the talent to do so. Now, you and I both agree that the Warriors are more talented, but I think the Rockets realize that they're close enough and they've played them enough over the last few years they're not scared of the Warriors anymore and if the Warriors continue to make the mistakes they're making and the Rockets continue to make the shots they're making in certain points of the game Rockets may win this series. It's it's crazy to think that.
1: And can you imagine where they'd be if they didn't get robbed in game one?
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: No, uh, you know it's it's yeah it's a best of three now. Anything can happen. I mean, the Rockets have shown they can win an Oracle. They certainly uh, played two very close games. Austin Rivers did not play in game one, and I didn't think Mike D'Antoni had really much in the bag as far as adjustments. He's pl- gone with these guys all year, and this is what he's. You know he always goes with, but he has made adjustments. He's running with a four-guard lineup with Tucker more extensively, as Steve Kerr noted after the game. This is the most we've seen this four-guard lineup uh, with Tucker, um, and Austin Rivers has been very reliable in the three games that he's played in this series. Like I said, he wasn't—he didn't play in Game One because he was out sick. Um, they have some hope going into that into that game. You know, a couple things jump off the page at me in this game. Andre Iguodala was a negative 17. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at past uh, games, but I have to think that has got to be about as rare as you've ever seen a Rockets uh, uh, Warriors matchup. Andre Iguodala having that—that that, uh, little of an impact in this game. But he—he sh- he was six of nine from the field in Game Three. Just three of nine tonight. The Rockets have to be encouraged that you know the Warriors didn't turn the ball over very much. Uh, Durant shot 12 of 22, Curry 12 of 25. They both were pretty good. Curry didn't exactly have a great game from three-point range. Um, it was really Clay that struggled, and yet the Rockets still pulled out the win.
0: I keep waiting for the Currys to get hot from deep, and it hasn't happened. Like, so now you played better, but again, Clay and Curry were 5 for 20 from three-point range, and I keep waiting for that inevitable shoot to drop, and it still hasn't dropped yet. And, and I, again, to revisit a point we made the other night, I'm not sure how much of that is them just missing shots of them or what the Rockets are doing defensively, but it exists. We're four games through the series now, and they're not shooting well from three-point land. That's a factor. Them getting two good looks, the Warriors, at the end of the game at the hard miss, that that free throw that would have been a four-point game instead of a three-point game, and missing both of them was huge. It's a kind of underscore point you made about the the, the lineup, the, the Rockets going small. Look, they're going to keep doing that if the Warriors can't punish them on the boards. The Rockets were plus seven tonight on the glass again, with Harden and Paul combining for 18 rebounds. You're getting that sort of rebounding out of your guards when you're playing small. It changes the entire dynamic of the series. Not just the Rockets hitting three-pointers, really more about them taking a lot of three-pointers, plus 17 in three-point attempts tonight, but the Rockets still out-rebounding the Warriors despite playing four guards at a six-foot-five center out there on the court. It's remarkable what they're doing with effort, and it's remarkable what they're doing in terms of chasing down 50-50 balls, long rebounds off of threes, and keeping offensive possessions alive. With 13 offensive rebounds tonight, I think they had 17 the other night. That's where they're holding firm in this series, at least back here in Houston, is that they're doing what it takes necessary to crash the boards and to take the multiple shots on, on offense. Look, they shot a lower percentage overall from the floor. But again, because of the volume of threes, they held an advantage again and effective field goal percentage against the Warriors, 53.4 to 51.1. They're going to win the series if they keep out shooting the Warriors, and they keep out rebounding the Warriors. At this point, the turnovers aren't really mattering because the rebound's there and the shooting's there. They maintain those two things, they're going to win the series. Yeah,
1: that's... Fascinating to think, because I think you know, down 2-0 a lot of people. had didn't seem off, like yeah. they yeah. written the Rockets off for sure. I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't expect the Rockets to take both three and game three and four. I, I really felt for them to win this series. They're going to have to take two at Oracle. Uh, so far, the Rockets are taking care of uh, business at home on their home court, um, and they got to get this one here. Game, <clears throat> I don't necessarily have to, but certainly they can take control of this series by taking game five. You know, one of the things that jumps off, uh, jumps off the page to me as well in this series is that. Both these teams are going, I mean, they're relying so heavily on their starters. I mean, the Warriors are maybe going eight deep, but, I mean, McKinney played 11 minutes, Livingston 13, and Looney 22. I mean, they're they're playing their starters heavy minutes, and foul trouble is playing such a role as far as getting guys off the floor. When You, you see when P.J. Tucker, as we mentioned in Game 3, was in foul trouble uh, again in Game 4 early on, uh, picked up his fourth foul midway through the third quarter. They kept him in there for a little bit of a stretch, which was, I thought, a little bit scary. Because when he goes out, it's a different deal. That That's when the Rockets had uh, had built a 17-point lead. Warriors cut it to about 13 or so. Tucker came out and snapped. 11-0 run. Uh, they cut it to four, and it looked like, uh-oh, you know, this this thing might turn. Um, Rockets used a, a run. I think Shumpert hit a shot, um, hardened a three, and then that layup just before the end of the third, that bumped that lead back up to nine for the Rockets uh, and gave them a little bit of a cushion going into the fourth. Um, to me, foul trouble is playing such a key role. And again, I'm not talking about, I'm not going into the officiating issue. I'm just saying foul trouble and, and, and whether they are allowed to play physical, um, is playing a role because Clay tonight, uh, Clay Thompson was taken out of the game. I mean, like, uh, you know, he played 36 minutes, but he was just five of 15, only one of six from three-point range, um, and was a negative 12 on the floor. I mean, that's again not something you, you very often see. But when he was when Harden was when he was guarding Harden, I thought Harden really took it to him. Uh, and this, frankly, this might be Harden's best playoff game, uh, certainly one of the top five I would think of his career. Um, Even though he wasn't necessarily brilliant from three-point range, just 6 of 17. uh, 38 points, 13 of 29 from the field. He seemed, for many stretches, to be in much more of a control of the offense. Given the opponent, the magnitude of the guys he's facing, I thought he had an excellent game.
0: I think it plays into what you were saying about the foul trouble. Um, Because Clay had to play with those fouls... He loosened his defense up on Harden, and I thought Harden got by him multiple times tonight to the Warriors' detriment defensively. Like, the, Clay was having difficulty staying in front of Harden or between Harden and the basket on multiple occasions when they got that sort of matchup where it wasn't Iggy or it wasn't Durant. And then we saw because of that, we saw Durant have to pick up Harden more so in the fourth quarter than he has at any stretch of the series, and I think that's because Clay was playing with fouls and still staying in the game, to, to underscore your point. And then secondly about the bench, a lot of Kevin Looney tonight meant a lot more matchups for Harden on Looney And the two things that he's been licking his lips on this series is Curry guarding him and Looney guarding him. Looney can't stay in front of him. Curry can't physically deal with him. And those are the two things we haven't seen a lot. But we're seeing it more often because of the short bits for the Warriors and because of the foul trouble with guys like Klay Thompson. Harden is getting opportunities to get matchups against those guys a little bit more frequently than it just being E, than it just being Draymond, than it just being Durant. And I think he's capitalizing on that. I think he made a really salient point. It wasn't just about his shooting tonight. And really, he only had, what, four assists. But I thought Harden's control of the game tonight, his pacing, his understanding of where everybody was, moving the ball those sort of things were very very strong tonight for him and a three-point shooting would have been better if not for the fourth quarter when he started missing a ton of shots late and maybe fatigue played a role in that for him as well because he played a ton of minutes i just think the way he's kind of gotten control of himself in the series is getting incrementally better and look wednesday night in oakland is going to be huge yeah huge really maybe the end of a dynasty and we could be looking at that right now based on how the Rockets are playing right now in this series, how they played in games one and games two, and barely lost both of those games. We may be staring into the the void right now in terms of the entire league changing um, based on what happens in in that game on Wednesday. The Rockets have played well enough to feel confident going in there and realizing they can win, A. B, they won there twice during the regular season. They won there last year in the post. There's no reason for them to feel as though they have no shot of winning that game. Play hard, rebound, keep shooting volume three-pointers, those are the keys to winning that game. If they win that game, I feel pretty confident they'll win that series. I have
1: to agree with you. You know, it's uh,
0: it's fascinating that we're,
1: you know, here in, in year 2019, we're watching this series of the two best teams in the league, and your centers are what six foot seven Draymond Green and uh, I don't know what's Tucker six foot five. Yeah. Um, this is and, and this is the best two teams in the league really kind of going at it. It's it's kind of crazy uh, to watch this, but that's what it's it's become. You know we talked about um, the bench and really that's where the Rockets seem to have a strength. I mean the, the Warriors are incredibly uh, you know lopsided as far as talent up on the the starting lineup, but uh, you can beat them at the bench and the Rockets their bench has become quite thin. It's really been Austin Rivers and. And, uh, you know, they're relying right now on Amon Shumpert, who had a good game in Game 3 but kind of struggled.
0: Point-blank layup tonight that was just jarring that he missed it.
1: Yes, uh, definitely had a couple blunders tonight. And, you know, I I can't fault him too much. He hasn't exactly been in in a... a key part of the rotation all a, year. He has a ring, a Dave. He has a
0: ring. Exactly. And, I, and to me, that that was the, the layup, and he a huge mistake early in the game. And I'm like, to give a ring, like you're playing like Gary he's Clark better, out here, and you have a championship ring. I just don't understand the kind of effort or the performances they're getting from some, from some of those guys in this series. Continue.
1: No, you're exactly right, and and I think that's why um, I, I'm what I'm looking at and wondering about Game Five. All these things are are absolutely. You nailed it as far as rebounding and all the things that are going to be important, turnovers, but. Uh, is Daniel House going to see any court time at all? Uh, I mean, that's a big question because, you know, uh, D'Antoni kind of came out before the game and had more or less admitted that even though he had this toe injury, he wasn't going to play him in that game three anyway. Now he's still out with a toe injury, but he said he should be back for the next game do you think we'll see him, given the fact that you know the Rockets could certainly use him. They could use him knocking down shots. They could use him playing key role on the, on the defensive end, because they tried to go with Gerald Green for two and a half minutes tonight, and again, we're learning the same lessons over and over again, but I think that they have to go with Green, because they're just saying, we need to give a little bit of a breather here to somebody. Uh, let's
0: see if he comes out hot, and you have to pull him quick. You, you, you stole my thunder. I think if we see House, it's going to be for a short burst to give somebody a break. It was interesting to me. The Rockets got it up to a 15-point lead with, I think, 9 12 left in the fourth quarter, and Harden had played I think the entire third, and entering the fourth, he sat down for a minute and a half And was back in at 7.32 So it's going to be moments like that In this series Like you're going to have to buy A couple minutes here and there For your starters um, And that may be the two minutes That you get out of Daniel House the Two minutes you'll get out of Gerald Green A couple minutes maybe at some point For Kenneth Farid to, to buy some time Even though I don't think He's in the rotation at all. <laughs> not um, at all Based on what we've seen Yes. But but you're going to have to steal A couple minutes here or there And those other guys Going to play through And again Not really the best game tonight From Chris Paul yeah, um, Not at all Hit a couple shots when you needed him. A couple but, steals. But, but, but uh, by, one big one steal. One huge steal yeah. that, that we kind of made mention of with four or three left in the game. But again, like you need somebody to kind of give you something offensively. <laughs> Our ambient noise is pretty interesting <laughs> tonight. Um, other than Harden, and Gordon has, again, saved their hide. Yeah. Because if you're not going to get it from Chris Paul, you got to get it from somebody. And it's been there Gordon consistently. PJ Tucker was otherworldly of time offensively for them on top of what he's been doing defensively and on the glass. But at some point, you're thinking maybe they just need one great game for Chris Paul to win this series. Maybe they need somehow to piecemeal their way eight to ten minutes of and Green and, and somebody else to kind of help carry the load. They're this close, Dave, and, and I think we don't need to take a macro view from this anymore. Like, it's going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that to win one more game on the road. And I think that's all it's going to take. I don't know if that happens in game five, but at least that was a blueprint, right? Like, yeah. you, you can kind of see the finish line in terms of how these these games have been played and what it's going to take for the Rockets to win this series. And I, at least they've gotten to this point now. And it's a huge departure from where they were coming back from Oakland after losing those first two games.
1: You know, P.J. Tucker has been brilliant tonight. He hit 17 points, hit three triples in six attempts. Ten rebounds, five of them offensive. I mean, uh, we raved about him. We raved about him in, in, after game three. So, I mean, we could go on and on and on. And, and Chris Paul talked about him, uh, you know, at, with P.J. sitting next to <laughs> yeah, him. Uh, and, and continued to rave about him. Those guys are, are very good friends. But uh, rather than go on about P.J., because he has been fantastic, I have to, uh, to talk again about Capella. Played just 21 minutes tonight on a night when – um, you know, you, you need bodies, period. 21 minutes, uh, six points, um, nine rebounds. It was a plus one overall in the box. Not, I'm not sure that was uh, a huge indicator, but, um, you know, this is obviously not working out as far as a matchup. Do you think the Rockets have an answer, and I'm reluctant to use that word or antidote or any of those things, to the death lineup that has always been sort of the bane of their existence in that, that you're throwing rivers out there, and as Kerr mentioned in the in the postgame press conference, the challenge is now you've got four shooters on the floor, um, and I take that back. You've got five shooters on the floor. Um, but Tucker's t- gonna shoot like yeah, this, yeah. yeah if, if Tucker's, you know, out uh, spotted up in the corner, it spreads the floor, it changes the game. You can't have Draymond sagging down there. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, he plays it masterfully. That you know, on the drive or on the, um, you know, the Capella lobs that Tony talked about. He's very good at sort of baiting one way, one or the other. Um, have they found
0: an answer here with this four-guard lineup? I, I'm, I'm, I'm reticent to say no. Uh, well, well, yes, because I think the truth is that Clay's missing a lot of shots. Uh, I think what makes their lineup so effective, speaking of the Warriors, Hampton's five lineup, is that they do things defensively because of their switchability, but also they're spreading the floor too with those guys who can shoot. And if Clay's going to shoot one from six from threes, he's ineffective on one end of the court. If he's going to have four fouls early in the game, he's ineffective on the other end of the court. I think it's little things that are making that lineup ineffective and not necessarily what the Rockets are doing. Again, this is basketball. There's always a little bit of both involved. The Rockets deserve some credit for what's happening in terms of how the series kind of shifted a little bit by them going so small, but to the point I think Chris made tonight they've done this before like we've had this tuck wagon lineup for a couple of years now this isn't foreign they're doing it a lot but we've seen this before it's working because Clay is missing a lot of shots and I think because of that, it's enabling the Rockets to stay in games because we've seen i mean, you you sit next to me, you're flinching half the game because they're getting good looks and they're just not making them. And if Clay's going to keep missing those looks, if Curry's going to keep missing those looks, the Rockets keep riding with that small lineup and deal with the best they can because I think it's providing them enough juice to kind of get through these stretches of games where they're not rebounding as well as they probably could with Capella on the court. They don't need them. They're still managing on the glass and they're playing good enough defense to kind of get them through.
1: Well, I think one thing that's nice about it is, uh, you know, we mentioned all those guys can shoot, all five of them, but uh, four of them can really break down the offense. Now, Tucker, you don't want, to, you, don't want to, you know, uh, attacking the basket at all or, or shooting really anything outside of, like, a layup or the corner mm-hmm. three. But, that's, a really, that's a really
0: good point, though, Dave. You know,
1: but, I mean, R- yeah. Rivers can, can attack, and, and um, I think it's just, you know, again, I'm with you. I'm reluctant to say it's an answer, but it's interesting because I felt like the Rockets, you know, in any series, they come at you and they've got a, a fearsome lineup. But if the, if any team kind of solves it, that the Rockets are not able to throw too many wrinkles with their lineup or too many changes in cult, uh, philosophy, if, if you will, um, this... Even though, as you mentioned, they've had this tuck wagon, if you want to call it that, lineup before. It was really with Ariza. It's just a little bit different now. We've always lamented Larisa's ability to, you know, inability to attack the basket or, or once he starts dribbling, it, you know, it um, causes all kinds of problems. Rivers is a little bit different. He said he was going to have a big impact in this series, that he thought his presence would be most felt in this series. He's been a, a solid defender on Steph Curry when he gets switched there. I mean I think Rocket fans in my personal opinion should be very optimistic looking at the way they've played with this this particular lineup I think
0: he's been even decently effective against Durant look Durant (laughs) you and I just constantly rolling in our seats at some of the shots that Durant has made yes unbelievable he's automatic from about 15 to 20 but again effort like I just want to see effort And, and I think rivers on top of what pj's been doing is just giving effort like sincere effort trying to get into him trying to contest shots making it difficult for a guy who doesn't really have difficult shots because of his ability and even chris joked about that tonight about him and tucker getting into it on a bench about him begging for a switch and wanting the challenge of defending durant at this stage when you're dealing with a guy that doggone good you just need effort, and I think Rivers is giving you that effort, so even when he's not on clay, when he's not on Steph, and he gets switched off on Durant, he's trying out there, and man, I just believe in positive energy. There's something to be to, to be felt from watching one of your teammates try against something that's really, really hard, like you know, you're, you're <laughs> overmatched in this, in, in this situation, at least you're going for it. You're not, you're not cowering in the moment, and I think all those guys are kind of taking inspiration for what P.J.'s doing, for what Rivers is doing, for what Eric Gordon is doing. I think the big dogs of this team, Harden, and Paul can look around and see those dudes are fighting their tails off. And it's inspirational. And I think you're seeing a level of play that has carried over through games three and four that if you're a Rockets fan, you hope carries into Oakland for game five. If they play with that same sort of verve, they'll be fine. They may not make all the shots. They may turn the ball over a little bit more. They may struggle on the glass. But a lot of it is just playing with passion and energy. They've done a whole lot of that this series.
1: You know, I have to praise the Warriors, too, in their post postgame. Uh, we saw Durant, Kerr, um... Uh, Curry Draymond. and Draymond, and they all basically, you know, gave the, the Rockets credit. I mean, and they, and a lot of, I thought, reporters were asking about what's going wrong with the Warriors. And, you know, they did say, hey, we need to be more physical, we need to do this, we need to do that. But they're saying, hey, man, at least Durant, it pops out the way he said, give him credit. You know, I'm not biting on this. Like, they're, they're, uh, they they're hit shots. They hit more threes than us. They came out and they were physical. Uh, the Rockets have made this a series. I think there's a handful of guys on the Rockets who are going to feel like they're out of prison if the Rockets are able to advance to this series. Like, uh, you know, um, uh, Fareed's going to be able to have an impact in another series. Capella's certainly going to have more of an impact against a Portland or a Denver. Again, I'm not getting ahead of this series. I'm just saying if they're able to advance, it's just a very unique series and that only certain guys can really play with the way that it's currently structured. But... Hey, the Rockets got, you know, I I don't think many people, myself included, felt they would come here to Houston and take these two. They did. It's now a series, and, uh, I mean, this... This is what you hope for. I mean, the Rockets are able to take this series. I think it's the growth that they're going to experience from there is going to be exponential.
0: One interesting thing, too, and, and I'll leave it on this. Have we really talked much about the officiating since game one? No, we uh, haven't. I think tonight there were a couple of players here and there, but that yeah, happens I mean, in the, every game. Exactly. Like, every yeah. game is going to have a s- certain individual calls, but yeah. it
1: didn't change the outcome of any. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway. And,
0: and so I think that's interesting. Like, uh, for whatever happened, there was a correction. Um, I don't know if it's been specific in terms of guys getting underneath hard and him getting more shots. He only went to the line, what, you know, six times tonight, eight times yeah. tonight. So, so, by and large, there hasn't been a drastic correction, but we have seen the games called better, I think, in games two, three, and four. Um, that's that's significant. I think if you have a well called game, well officiated game, evenly officiated game in game five, that clearly favors the Rockets as well because the Warriors are a team that is accustomed to getting all the advantages, I think, from the, the, the guys in stripes. I'm looking forward to watching the game. I think the Warriors carry themselves with an incredible amount of confidence and arrogance, and I think they deserve that by winning three championships in the last four years. You're starting to see a little bit of it. Like, I don't want to say it's doubt. You're starting to see the reality on the face of, we may lose
1: this series. Yeah.
0: Like and, and kind of. How much
1: does it weigh on them that a guy like me, you know, I mean, it's kind of almost accepted by everybody now that Durant's leaving. I mean, there's just... I don't know. I don't know if that was necessarily... I don't know if that's
0: the elephant in the room, but you it has to be in the back of somebody's mind, right? Yeah. Like even today like I watching I think get up this morning and they, they showed the clip of Opera Man Adam Sandler being Opera Man on Saturday Night Live yes, yeah, and he that. makes the crack about Kevin Durant coming to the Knicks like that is part of kind of like pop culture dialogue exactly right, that is going to happen yeah. like that permeates it's a locker room like those guys clearly are thinking about that and there's a finality that was probably yeah. hanging over that team that probably doesn't feel all that good yeah. and, and I'm curious to see like if that ever comes out if they do lose the series or they don't win a championship they lose you know, God forbid to Portland or the Bucks in the finals and it, and it happens. I want to see what the dialogue is going to be after the fact because I think this is a tortured existence for them in terms of not knowing what's going to happen moving forward. I just think one thing that kind of struck me as interesting is, is Kerr, who I like a great deal, has this moments where he's kind of arrogant as a coach. And, and I think you know, you're you're running the ship of a team that's been dominant for several years now. And tonight, was a little twinge of humility yeah. in some of his responses about what's been going on in the series. And... As you know, I'm really largely indifferent in terms of how these games go out or unfold. I, there's a part of me that wants to see them lose just to see how they handle it. Because they've been on top for so long. When they did lose to the Cavs, they ran out and got Durant. Like, it was just like, what's going to happen if they lose now? Like, How will they deal with maybe the end of an era, one of the more unique eras, to the point you're making about how the game is being played with these these particular personnel packages? I kind of just want to see that just from a basketball fan standpoint to see them a little comeuppance for this group like they can be very good and selfish and and almost self-effacing like they were tonight draymond durant curry those guys can be very good when they're on the back end or the wrong end of a loss Curry can be too but i think generally i want to see how they all handle it when when the the, the run comes to an end
1: yeah it's interesting. I, kind of, I we talked about this before, but I think you know when LeBron's Heat team formed. I mean, this, that's how it looked at that time. Similar to when Durant went uh, to Golden State, I think this is even more a little ludicrous, given that they were seventy-three win team and all that. But I think you know they were talking about not one, not two, not three, and they, for four years they did win two, and but they lost twice. It, you felt like basketball. Hey, it's not a, you can you can form this super team, but it's not a given that you're going to win. You can still upset them. If if nobody beats the Warriors this year, I I mean Durant leaves, three years, three three titles. uh, That's that's what the legacy is going to be. That nobody could beat that team. And so I I think it's I I do personally think it's important whether the Rockets or someone else that they knock them off this year before you know just just to say hey you're gonna have to bring it every every night no matter how much talent's on your team. Game five is Wednesday, and it's going to be a great one, man. This is, um, this is. I'm just glad we have a great series now. We're going to have another game. We're going to have Game six for sure. uh, So this is not the final home game for sure of the season. And uh, MK, thanks for doing this. We'll be back again for Game six. See you Friday.